Hello, and welcome to my bullet journal journey. I'm your host, Danny Kay, and today we are going to talk about the bullet journal Bible, the bullet journal by Ryder Carroll. Please excuse my voice. I wanted to get this out sooner, but nature has been trying to kill me. I have, I'm allergic to basically everything outside, so I've been dealing with a little sinus thing here lately. Let's get it going. So I personally learned everything I knew about bullet journaling from either YouTube or Instagram. I'd love to know how many of you have read the book before you embarked on your bullet journal journey. I learned a lot from the content creators, but as I've said before, the bullet journaling of social media really emphasizes making your journal look good, which I mean, that makes sense because it's a visual medium, but it focuses more on the what and not the why. And as writer, writer Carol writes, the why is the most important part of bullet journaling. First, Reiner discusses the mechanics of bullet journaling, so having to handwrite everything in your journal. Now, this is a very intentional choice because your brain processes things that you write differently than things that you type. So in researching for this episode, I read of several studies where they examine handwriting as it relates to learning. And the students who wrote notes by hand retained more information than those that typed things out. And it's because writing by hand is harder and it's more resource intensive than typing. So you can type faster than you can write. But when you're handwriting something, you have to strongly consider what you're writing down. If you write everything while you're listening to like a lecture, you're going to fall behind. You can't write everything. They go too fast. So you have to listen to what they're saying. You have to pare it down into something that you will understand later. And in doing so, you're more selective about what you're writing down and you comprehend the material better than if you were just mindlessly typing exactly what the professor is saying because your brain has actually filtered the message into the bare bones of what they're saying. Now, I can attest to this. I am going to make a confession to you guys. When I was in college, I never bought my textbooks. I was broke. They were like $700 a semester. I didn't have $7 to spare, let alone $700. But I would attend every single one of my classes and I would handwrite my notes. Now, I'm going to say I'm aging myself. Um, I graduated 10 years ago, I realized, when I was writing this prep, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. So it was still the norm for people to handwrite. I mean, you had people with laptops, but most people just handwrote their notes. And I managed to graduate with a college degree. So I don't know if that's a testament to writing notes by hand or whether it's a testament to the state of our higher education system, to be honest. Um, but it's a similar concept with your journal. You know, you want to be succinct, but also give yourself enough information to know what you're saying later. 
So writer Carol says, quote, being both strategic and economical with your word choices forces you to engage in your mind. By asking yourself what's important and why, you go from passively listening to actively hearing what's being said. It's when we begin to hear that information can transform into understanding. I think I left a word out of there, but you get the point. Oh, that coffee's good. A page of your bullet journal has a finite amount of space. Your boxes for your daily entries have a finite amount of space. So we have to be succinct with what we're writing and purposeful in what you're we're giving our time and attention to. And by doing so, we're living with intention. And that's a theme we see throughout bullet journaling. Our time and energy are finite, so we have to be selective about where we're investing those resources. But the not the point is not to write as little as possible. For instance, writer Carol emphasizes the importance of memorializing your achievements in your journal. So he says, quote, a simple yet meaningful way to begin appreciating your achievements is to write them down. Committing them to paper makes you pause and honor a good moment with your attention. So we're not necessarily writing as little as possible, but we are being very choosy about what is worthy of the journal. We do this daily, weekly, monthly with migration. So this is a quote from the book, migration is designed to add the friction you need to slow down, step back, and consider the things you task yourself with. So migration is the process of moving your to-dos, spreads, collections, unfinished tasks, etc. Writer Carol actually advocates being pretty ruthless with items that no longer serve you. So as the quote that I just read says, in the effort of having to move something forward, you have to consider whether the item is not only worth the energy to complete, but whether it's even worth the energy of writing down again. So your bullet journal is meant to evolve with you. And so you should be honest with yourself about whether the things you're carrying forward are so meaningful to you. And that can change even in a week and a day. Writing items down can also be a way to declutter your brain. And so this is where you're being maybe not quite so selective. Writer Carol says, quote, the first step to recovering from decision fatigue to get out from under the pile of choices weighing on you is to get some distance from them. You need some perspective to both clearly identify and corral your choices. We do this by writing them down. Why write them down? Each decision until it's been made and acted on is simply a thought. Holding on to thoughts is like trying to catch a fish with your bare hands. They easily slip from your grasp and disappear back into the muddy depths of your mind. Writing things down allows us to capture our thoughts and examine them in the light of day. By externalizing our thoughts, we begin to declutter our minds. Entry by entry, we're creating a mental inventory of all the choices consuming our attention. It's the first step to taking back control over our lives. Here is where you can begin to filter out the signal from the noise. Here is where your bullet journal journey will begin. End quote. 
with this technique, we aren't being as selective with what we're writing down, but we are being intentional. We're clearing our head. We're looking at what we might pursue going forward. We decide what needs more thought and planning and what needs to just get crossed off the list or added to maybe like a someday list. The journal is there to make you more productive and sometimes we can't do that until we clear our heads. I've actually started being more generous with this. I talked about in my last episode how I made a spread specifically dedicated to overcoming a rut. And that was just kind of me dumping everything in my mind on a paper and using it to work through an issue I was having. I just did a one a few days ago titled What Makes Art Tedious? So I'm having an issue with my desk and setup because just getting ready to make art is a whole process and often it's enough friction that it discourages me from even doing it. So for me, the these kind of lists are really great for problem solving. And it's something you don't really get with productivity apps or to-do lists or, you know, other systems. The bullet journal method allows space for self-reflection and self-awareness. So it's like a to-do list that also incorporates journaling. Writer, writer Carol writes, quote, we can't be true to ourselves if we don't know what we want and more importantly, why. So that's where we must begin. It's a process that requires a steady cultivation of our self-awareness. This may seem very woo-woo, but it can be as simple as paying attention to what resonates with us, what sparks our interest, and just as importantly, what does not, end quote. There are people who have done enough self-reflection where apps might be enough for them to be productive. My husband is one of those people. He knows what he needs. He's a systems guy, and it works for him. I went into bullet journaling feeling very overwhelmed, like I had so much to do that I was never making any headway. But I think that was a symptom and not the problem. When I looked at my life, I wasn't going anywhere. I went to college to get a degree so I could get a good job, but at 32, I felt like that couldn't possibly be it, could it? So that was the goal. That was the end. I couldn't imagine living out my life like that way. I don't know that there's anything wrong with it, but it left me personally feeling very unfulfilled. So I had to ask myself, what am I doing with my life? I had no goals, no aspirations, no direction, no purpose. For me, the bullet journal helped me parse through those issues. It perhaps was as much about therapy as it was about productivity, but it was a fantastic mechanism for me to begin living a more intentional life. One of the things I think that was really holding me back from being intentional with my time was technology. And writer Carol addresses how technology has actually made us less productive. So, quote, every year between 1950 and 2000, Americans increase their productivity about 1% to 4%. Since 2005, however, this growth has slowed in advanced economies with the productivity decrease recorded in the United States in 2016. 
maybe a rapidly evolving technology that promises us near limitless options to keep us busy is not, in fact, making us more productive, end quote. I've talked about this before, but before bullet journaling, I used Todoist to keep track of my to-dos, and it was great at first, but eventually I got so overwhelmed with unfinished tasks that I just quit. Writer Carol says, quote, there are a lot of productivity systems that help us create lists, but few encourage us to re-engage with them. By hoarding tasks, which is what I was doing, our lists quickly become endless and unmanageable, leaving us feeling overwhelmed or demotivated, end quote. You can probably tell why this really resonated with me. I did notice that when I started bullet journaling, there was an unintentional divestment from technology, which really was a welcome surprise. Another aspect in the book of living intentionally is taking time to reflect. Writer Carol actually recommends a morning and evening reflection. And I like this idea in theory, and I did do it when I first started bullet journaling, but I'm not implementing it as much currently as I should be. And what happens when you don't reflect is you lose track of where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to be doing. Quote, when it comes to more intent. When it comes to living a more intentional life, reflection functions as a foropter. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's the thing you put your face in when you're doing an eye exam. It's the mechanism that helps improve your perception, but in order for it to work properly, we need to add the lenses. End quote. Reflection gives us a chance to examine where our time is going, where we are with our goals, and what might be a distraction. So he says, quote, give your goals the opportunity they deserve to reveal their lessons by focusing on the process. It's arguably the process rather than the goals themselves that will prove to be most valuable. The process accounts for the majority of the experience and therefore provides the bulk of the information that will help you grow, end quote. Reflection gives us that opportunity to examine the process, adjust as needed, and recalibrate our path forward. I do not do enough of this. In June, I'm making it a priority to spend more time reflecting because it's one of those things where it's like when you run out of time, that's the first thing that gets, you know, knocked off your list. Oh, I'll move that forward. No, there's the most important thing that you need to do. And I was going to try to start doing it on Sundays when I had my reset days, but it has not worked out that way. Cleaning has taken precedent and I need to stop that. So that's going to be part of my June uh, path forward, I think. But what struck me about the bullet journal book was there's some pretty stark differences between the book and how bullet journals are commonly executed, particularly on social media. So The first was that the book really emphasizes just writing stuff down, get it out of your head, you have an event coming up, go to a new page, write the header, quote, event, you know, whatever the event is, say you have a festival, and just jot stuff down. And it's less about making it pretty than it is about making it useful. Now, 
I fully realize my intake of bullet journal content is social media, which is a visual medium, and perhaps it's unfair for me to generalize the bullet journal community like that. I will say that the community is great because it's what's getting the bullet journal method out there. I mean, that's the way that I heard about it. Um, but sometimes I think when you're too focused on making it pretty, you're sacrificing other things. Um, so writer Carol really wants you to jot stuff down, help, you know, write your way through problems. We kind of talked about this earlier. Another difference is that there's actually no weekly spreads in the bullet journal. And actually, I think somebody on social media pointed this out and that's where I heard, realized it. I was in the middle of the book and I was like, oh, I'm going to look out for that. And sure enough, there are no weekly spreads in the book. The book actually breaks down the journal into four sections. So they have the daily log, the monthly log, the future log, and the index. So we've got the daily log. So you, you use a fresh page for every day. And then it jumps to a monthly log. Now, I much prefer the weekly spreads. I'd be using a journal up very quickly if I was doing a new page for every day. And another difference in these logs, whether it's daily or weekly, is that you write down almost everything. Like you, this kind of contradicts what I said earlier, but it's like who you went to lunch with, where you went to lunch, what you thought about it. It's like having a day planner and a diary all at once. And the point is just to kind of get stuff out of your head. And it's it's not just for to-dos, but I don't actually like this and I much prefer the bullet journal community's way. Another feature in the book that I don't use, although it's one of the main features, is the index. So the point of the index is to make referring to other spreads, particularly like when you run out of space and have to start a new one, very easy. I don't actually use my index. I have it. I know where my other spreads are, so it's not necessary. I think I stopped filling it out in like February. It just feels a little superfluous for me. But isn't that what makes bullet journaling amazing? You know, you can customize anything and it's by design. Writer Carol writes, quote, your notebook evolves as you do. You might say that you co-iterate. It will conform to your ever-changing needs. The lovely side effect is that as the years pass, you're creating a record of your choices and the ensuing experiences. There's one last thing in the book that struck me. We now have a vast array of beautiful bullet journals specifically designed for bullet journaling. But when Ryder Carroll created this method for himself, all he had were notebooks. So early on when he was teaching people he knew how he journaled, he told them to just grab a notebook, even an old one, it didn't matter. And that's what he recommends in the book and that's how he refers to it throughout the book. It can be kind of overwhelming to decide which journal to buy. I'm having a little anxiety myself about this as I only have maybe like two more months room in my journal. 
but it's completely and totally unnecessary. You know, you can just use anything. Use a sheet of paper with a folder. Use a notebook. Doesn't matter. Overall, I really enjoyed the book. I'm glad I read it after stumbling on bullet journaling because I'm a visual learner and seeing an executed journal before reading about the methodology made it much easier to follow. I honestly would not have had any clue what he was talking about, even though there are graphics in the book which give examples. But to me, the book was valuable because it delved into the why and not the what. So I recommend reading it, even if you don't implement a lot of the methods of the book. I mean, that's kind of the point. You pick and choose what works for you. So that's all I have for you guys today. I'll be back again in a week or so to give my May update. In the meantime, I want to thank you for following my bullet journal journey. Um, I want to thank everyone who subscribed to my Substack. I am going to get an article out this week. It's on my list, prioritizing this. So you will see that soon. And if you haven't already subscribed, I will put a link in the description so you can find it very quickly and easily. Until next time, I'm Danny Kay, and this is my bullet journal journey.